Hello, this is Joshua Ritchie, and you are listening to Connection Point. It's so easy to get caught behind stained glass walls that we never hear the distant cry and miss the gospel call. But he has called us to a purpose much greater than ourselves. We must be his hands and feet and reach somebody else. How can we turn away? We just might be that's our purpose as Christian educators to train up a child in the way he should go that when he is old he will not depart from it as we read in Proverbs chapter 22 Lord consume us with a passion in our heart for the gospel of Jesus Christ to permeate every subject every aspect of our educational experiences so that your word may go forth. Amen. That music is used by permission from Ozark Bible Institute. That is the song, Unless. Where are the Christian educators? I served for nine years at Ozark Bible Institute in southwest Missouri, serving on the faculty, working in the offices, also serving as principal of the Christian school, Ozark Christian Academy. And every year, we would get a repetitive call from ministers around the nation looking for Christian school workers. There's always a need. There was always more demand than there was supply for Christian educators. Why? Do I need to answer? You probably already know. It's hard work. <laughs> it's a thankless job. It's There is no nine to five clocking in, clocking out. It goes with you long, long days and nights if you're going to do it right. And not a lot of compensation in most cases. 
But I have seen the rise and fall of Christian schools across our Pentecostal fellowships, and my heart aches for each one that hasn't made it. I myself am a product of a small Christian school. I thank God that my parents had the conviction to enroll me in a godly academic atmosphere. I remember hearing from my parents when I was just going into kindergarten that the whole reason they enrolled me in Christian school is they didn't want me to have to face some of the challenges they faced in the public school system. But I'm disheartened to see that so few see the need for Christian schools, nor do they prepare themselves with the proper training to educate the next generation with spiritual truth and academic excellence. I realize there may be public educators that are listening to this podcast. And I'm. it is my goal, as I've told you in previous podcasts, that you can receive enrichment here as well. Because if you're a Christian, you're a Christian educator, even if you're working in a public school. Now, your your caveat might be a little more challenging because you have legal issues that you have to pivot through. But how much more rewarding can it be if you're a Christian educator serving in a public school system? But as for the need of a Christian school system, there has been a juggle, if you will, a juggling act of do we lean on the spiritual side or do we lean on the academic side? Because there is a heart for it, but there's also got to be some skills to go with it. If you have a school, if it's comprised of people that have come together and they have a heart to educate their children in the fear of the Lord, but they don't have academic training or professional quality in presenting a lesson, then they might lean toward the spiritual and just trust God to fill in the gaps and take care of the details. I do not want to uh, limit or have a negative light on trying to be spiritual because the truth is a Christian school needs to be spiritual. Thus, it's not going to be a Christian school, truly. But then you have other groups that come together with a lot of structure, a lot of um, protocol. They have professional development. They have uh, the a, a good tier of knowledge and in, in all the things that need to be put together in, in a structure. But they lean heavily on the academics and the spiritual side is put to the side. I hope that's not the case in our Pentecostal fellowships, but I know that is the case in what you may call mainstream or non-denominational schools. I have heard it said before, and I would resonate with the, the statement that it ought not be an either-or, either spiritual or academic. The goal should be to strive for both and and, both spiritual and academic in our Christian school. The Christian school is to come alongside Christian families and assist training their children to be competent, capable leaders for Christian service and community impact. 
The scholarly studies in a Christian school system are designed to complement the subject areas by which parents may have limited knowledge in educating their children. However, professionally qualified educators are often a rarity in a small church school. Usually there is not enough money or manpower to keep them operating successfully. Stigmas are often added to a small Christian school, such as it's a glorified daycare. They also may feel deprived. Students may come home upset because they don't get to participate in the large sports programs that their local schools may have. But living in this present world implores us to train our young people with Bible truth and life principles that will empower them to excel in whatever vocation God ordains for them. We are living in a confused world where God-hating professors are teaching in secular institutions that truth is whatever you want it to be. However, Scripture teaches us that Jesus is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Scripture teaches us that his word is true and that God's word is the ultimate textbook that should encompass all areas of learning. I know God is calling men and women to take up the mantle of educating with eternity in mind. But once again, I ask, where are they? Where are they? I could relate this into a a church sense, a pioneering pastoral sense. Do you think it's God's will that there's just clusters of churches and not churches in the far-reaching areas? I'm not at all against churches that are in close proximity. I'm currently pastoring in a wonderful fellowship of churches, and I have neighboring uh, pastors in my communities um, close by that I absolutely enjoy and love the fellowship among us. But I think of other far-reaching states that I may not even know of a, a holiness church or a, a Pentecostal work that's going on. What about those people? Did God not send anyone to them? I believe God has spoken and God has dealt with people. But it's a little hard when you're out there by yourself. And you know, Christian educator, you may feel that way too, that you are trying so hard to navigate the spiritual school and a Christian school. You are trying to keep upbeat in your classroom. You're trying to keep those homeschool students looking forward to school. I'm hitting a lot of bases, trying to hit whoever you might be out there. You may be a public school worker that is trying to keep a Christian testimony in a way that the love of Jesus shines through you, but they keep throwing hoops and barricades in this world of change and compromise that you are juggling and trying to navigate, retaining your integrity as a Christian believer and yet not be it out of compliance. We need each other. We need the support from one another. I'm here to tell you as one voice that, yes, you can make it. What God has called you to, he will bring you through. 
and whether it's the the students the your own students around your kitchen table or the students in your classroom to whom you serve god has called you for such a time as this and you can do it you can do it there's going to be times when you may have to navigate away from your lesson to to follow after a teachable moment sometimes those spiritual truths are clustered in between the academic truths when you may be following an academic lesson plan that doesn't have any spiritual element in it written down, but God prompts your heart with something that, like, for example, a math lesson. I was just working with a student the other day that was struggling with their multiplication tables. And I said to the student, the multiplication tables are, once you memorize them, they're there. They're not going to change. Two times two is going to equal four. And it's just like God because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. And as we memorize these tables, it helps us to remember that God is constant. And once we get him in our heart and a hold of him and get his word in our heart, nobody can take it away. You find teachable moments based on the age level and the group level that you have. Another funny story I shared with students years ago, and I think I think I got more out of the illustration than they did for the spiritual side. They like to just joke about it, but we were talking about surrendering your life to God, and it was in a morning Bible class on a particular day that we had a special uh, little breakfast, donuts and, and milk and juice. And if you're a teacher in a classroom and you know the students getting milk or milk, so not so much, but the donuts may not always be the best fit when there's an excess of sugar in bodies that have to sit for hours and they get wound up with their energy. But nonetheless, I tried to talk about surrendering to the Lord. And I personally grew up with whole milk. I always enjoyed drinking whole milk or vitamin D milk, as they call it. And there was 2% milk in the classroom, and I made a statement. It was a joking but serious statement. And I said, what kind of an experience do you want with God? Do you want a 2% experience or do you want a whole experience? I was just trying to find an object lesson, something to just drive home the point that we want everything God's got. Well, that didn't go over so well when a lot of the students had already been raised on 2% milk, and some of them that had tried whole milk didn't care for it as much. Me, on the other hand, I love the whole milk, and I would I just kept on with it. I said, I want the real thing. I want the whole experience. I don't want to just skim my way through my experience with God. I don't want to just 2% if he's got 100% for me. But, you know, be that as it may, it may not have been a very academic point, but it was a spiritual point. It may not have applied to every area of life, but into that Bible class that was having a serving of donuts and milk on the side, it drove home the point that Jesus must be Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. That 99 and a half won't do, as an old gospel song says, but you got to live right to make 100. And that's what we're doing this for. That's why, as Christian educators, you're willing to sacrifice 
time, resources, possible future earnings and and greater compensations doing something else because you have a divine commission, a divine calling to equip, to evangelize, and to instruct. One more quick thing I'd like to share in this podcast is when we when we look at the purpose of Christian schools, there are two major divisions in establishing a Christian school. Uh, when you when you're forming a mission statement and a, even a vision statement, but before but with not getting into writing vision and mission statements, the two primary categories for schools are covenantal schools and missional schools. Now, most of my dialogue and what I have inferred to even in this podcast has been related to covenantal style schools, but it's good that we at least break that down and discuss what do I mean by a covenantal school. In our Pentecostal settings, you don't hear that phrase a lot. Sometimes even churches that have the word covenant is um, a different denomination or a different belief uh, not quite what we would adhere to among Pentecostal people, but the covenant as in the the word promise, a covenant, um, a trust, a commitment. There's the word of God is a, a covenant. The New Testament is a covenant. The Old Testament is a covenant. And it's so it is, it's an agreement. It's a promise. Uh, and so the covenantal school focuses on Christian families who are already of the belief and the conviction of committing their life to the trust of God. So a covenantal school focuses on discipleship of Christian young people. Uh, Generally, uh, at, at a minimum, one most preferred is both parents are attending a Bible believing church the child uh, or, or guardian, we should say the parent or guardian, the child themselves by a certain age should have a confession of faith. They, a covenantal school will usually um, kick that in probably between the fifth grade up or down a grade or two. Once they get around 12 years old, the, the students should have a profession of faith in Jesus Christ um, and some schools go as far as saying that they cannot uh, continue to be enrolled if they if they would confess that they are not a Christian. And that's the purpose of a cov- covenantal school is they focus on Christian families for discipleship. They are raising disciples. They are making disciples. They, uh, they do not focus on bringing in families that do not support the the that mission of raising their children in the fear of the Lord. Then you have missional schools. And as the name implies, missional schools focus with a missionary emphasis. Their emphasis is not as much discipleship as it is evangelism. Now, the discipleship is still there, but their 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 scope is more broad to evangelize families and students who enroll 
to be a part of that school. There, there very likely is still a statement of faith, and there's that is their terms are listed well in advance. Families that come to a school whose uh, emphasis, whose personal school mission is missional will have them agree to abide by certain rules while they're a student. There's definitely guidelines, and some of these missional schools can be very tight on their guidelines, on what they expect out of families, what they should and shouldn't do as long as they're part of the school. That doesn't mean that they're Christian. That doesn't mean that they require them to have a confession of faith or to declare that Jesus is Lord. They may or may not require them to be in church each week as a covenantal school would do. But a missional school focuses on evangelism, and it's enforced in all grade levels, the evangelistic aspect of giving your life to Jesus. So those are two different facets of Christian schools that are in existence, covenantal schools focusing on discipleship and missional schools focusing on evangelism. I look forward to sharing some more information about structures of schools in the weeks to come and uh, also to get some personal testimonies from some other administrators and school teachers that are out there in the field even as we speak. But take heart. God is on your side if you've committed your ways to him and you can make it. I know God is calling even more men and women into Christian school ministry. It is a mantle that needs to be taken up to consider educating for eternity But once again, I ask, where are they? Where are you? Hopefully, you're answering the call where God has placed you and where God is wanting to send you. The call to teach is a call to service. It is a desired character trait for pastoral ministry to be apt to teach. It is essential in missions and discipleship. It's part of the Great Commission. And it will go with us until our time on earth is through just as God is everlasting to everlasting from the beginning of our life till the end on this side of eternity. We're going to be learning and growing and teaching. So pastors, please pray about your role in providing adequate Christian educational opportunities. That may not, that I'm not telling any pastor to go out and start a Christian school. That may not be what, what's needed in your setting. But what are you doing to help families educate their children for eternity? Parents, realize that Christian education, and in particular Christian school, is an investment you cannot afford to overlook. Some people would say, oh, it's a money pit. It's a waste of resources. How can investing in the lives of young people in a safe environment and atmosphere in the most critical, pivotal ages of their life, how can that be a waste of resources? It's worth every investment that you can give. Perhaps you're a Bible school student, a Bible school graduate, a high school graduate, a prospective college student. You're tired of books already. You're already, <laughs> you've had enough schoolwork and book work, but God may be calling you to a greater work of Christian education. He may be calling you to take up the mantle and influence others. 
if you're a youth pastor, if you're a Sunday school teacher, God can use you. So keep on keeping on the good fight of faith. Be encouraged. <laughs>